Hey there, educational rock stars. Are you feeling overwhelmed with lesson planning for your English language learners? Well, I've got some exciting news for you. Introducing our upcoming free webinar, Simplify Your Approach, Three Time-Saving Routines for ELL Success. Join me for a power-packed 45 minutes that's set to revolutionize your teaching strategy. In this webinar, we'll dive into three practical, easy-to-implement routines that will not only enhance your ELL teaching methods, but also save you hours of planning time. Yes, hours. So whether you're a seasoned pro or just starting out, these insights are tailored to help everyone make the most of their teaching time. Plus, you'll leave this webinar ready to implement these routines the next day. So mark your calendars for our two upcoming dates. I don't want you to miss this opportunity to transform your ELL lesson planning. To reserve your spot, simply sign up at www.equippingells.com slash routines. Trust me, your future self will thank you for it. I'll see you at the webinar. Teaching ELL students is a privilege and a joy. Is it easy? No way. But with the right support, you can feel empowered to tackle each day with ease and confidence. I'm your host, Beth Fauché, founder of Inspiring Young Learners. With over 10 years of teaching both nationally and internationally, I know what it takes to ensure that your ELL students have what they need to thrive today, tomorrow, and for life. I'm on a mission to empower you to equip your English language learners. Welcome to Equipping ELLs. Let's get to today's episode. Hey there, you are listening to another episode of the Equipping ELLs podcast. Over the next couple of weeks, we're going to be deep diving into all four of the language domains and really discussing what we should expect at each language level, how we can support our students, and a little bit of the brain research behind what's happening when our students are listening or speaking or reading or writing when they're learning a second language. So I am excited about jumping into today's episode because I truly believe that the listening domain is the most crucial domain to develop because when we spend the time really emphasizing and focusing on the listening domain, all other domains will develop at a much faster pace. If we skip this domain, which is oftentimes what we do because it's hard to monitor the listening comprehension of our students, or we just kind of see that they're, you know, growing in it. So we don't spend a lot of focused energy on increasing their listening comprehension. But when we do that, then studies show that speaking, reading, and writing are directly impacted. Let's dive in into the importance of listening, how we can help our students become better listeners, and what to expect at each language level. Now, before we dive into specifically the listening domain, I want to talk about what is happening inside the brain as our students are learning an additional language, whether it's their second language, third language. There's so many different pieces that are lighting up inside the brain that I think it's important that we take a quick look at that because sometimes we forget if we've never gone through the experience of learning an additional language, 
We don't remember what it was like when we learned English, <laughs> when we learned that first language of ours. It became, it was natural to us because we learned it from a young age. So we don't remember all the different pieces that go into learning a language. So I'm going to take just a few minutes to highlight what is happening in our student's brain as they are learning English, because it's important that we really take time to see what's happening to see what we're asking them to do and why it can, it, it takes time and why it's a struggle. There's so much that's happening. I love nerding out on brain research. Does anybody else out there love just going deep diving into what is happening in the brain? It is so fascinating and I think it's something important to share. So for anyone learning a new language, the prefrontal cortex is the most used area of the brain. So these are for your newcomers. These are students who are just being exposed to English for the first time. This region, the prefrontal cortex, involves the cognitive control, decision-making, and working memory, okay? All of those are essential for processing and analyzing language input. So the first area that is strengthened and the first brain part that really is working is that prefrontal cortex. As learners become more proficient in the second language or third language or fourth language, they start to develop fluency and automaticity. This is when the brain starts to use its procedural memory. Okay, so now it's moving from that working memory to more long-term memory. This is responsible for acquiring and storing motor skills and habits. This is why practicing speaking and listening in the new language is crucial for developing fluency. I've talked about this so many times during the podcast of how I had a minor in Spanish, but really did not spend a lot of time developing my listening or my speaking domains. And guess what? I'm still struggling to speak Spanish, even though I live in a foreign country that speaks Spanish. So this is why I'm always saying, apply it. They need to have opportunities to be speaking what they're learning. They need to be working on listening, okay? Because it has to move from working memory to long-term memory. The more learners use the language, the more it becomes embedded in their procedural memory. Now, another important aspect of learning a second language is the ability to understand the cultural context in which the language is used. So this is the next stage of learning a language. This involves not only learning about the customs and traditions of the target culture, but also understanding the nuances of communication. This is where our students are level four, fives, those who are ready to exit, but really still need to grasp the underlying messages, cultural messages in communication. This can be really tricky. This is where the brain's social and emotional processing centers come into play. Research has shown that the limbic system, which is responsible for emotions and social behavior, is active when bilinguals switch between languages and navigate social situations. This is really fascinating because this area is really tricky to teach, and it really happens in context, in cultural context. I know living here as I engage in a second language, there are so many things that I just don't understand because it's it's beyond just the language learning. It's really the cultural context of which it's being spoken. And so I'm always so fascinated. I have a friend who so easily switches in. She's Panamanian. She was born here, but she went to college in the States. She married an American. 
and she lives in the States now. And she so easily switches in and out of cultures and she gets the whole context of language. She's so fluent in both languages because it's not just being able to speak the language, but it's being able to understand context and those cultural norms and cues in conversation. So that is the limbic system that's being activated during that stage. And then last, and this I found was really fascinating, something I don't think we take note of often enough, but learning a second language requires ongoing motivation and perseverance, which this was a key factor into why I didn't learn Spanish very well, because I was not motivated. I was solely doing it because I was forced to. I did not have the motivation of, oh, maybe one day I'll live abroad and need to use this every day. (laughs) If I had that idea, I probably would be completely fluent by now, but that wasn't my mindset then. So the brain's reward system plays an important role in this process by releasing dopamine, a neurotransmitter that is associated with pleasure and reward. The more learners are motivated to learn the language, the more dopamine is released, which can enhance their learning and memory processes. This is so true. I'm sure you can think of those students that you had that naturally came in really motivated, wanting to learn the language, and they soared. They excelled. I was talking with somebody um, just a couple months ago who came to the U.S. at 14 from Ethiopia, and we were talking about the ELL program, and he said that he came in at the summer before school started, before high school started. He didn't know any English, but he did not want to be put into the English as a second language program. And that motivated him that summer to go to the local library and he taught himself English. He read book after book after book and he was motivated because he didn't want to be placed in the ESL class. And guess what? When school came around, he tested out because his drive to not be put in that class really pushed him to learn English really fast. So motivation plays a huge part in language learning. But I wanted to share all of these things about what parts of the brain are lighting up, what's happening in the brain as we're learning a language, because it's important to be aware of all the different areas that are activated as your students work on learning English. It's important we help our students see their brains as a muscle that they are strengthening and growing constantly. I love, I've started talking to my kids about this, of when we're reading, what muscles are being activated in our brain? What's happening in our brain? And it's such a great visual for them to see that there are things that are lighting up. There's there's things that are happening as they're doing these things and not just, oh, it's gonna naturally happen and there's really nothing that's going on behind the scenes to make this happen. So I think it is important to bring up these topics with your students, talk about the brain, and what's happening inside their brain as they're learning the second language. I think they'll appreciate what they're doing more if they understand all that's happening. Let's, though, today dive into listening. Now, when it comes to listening, our students are learning the prosody of the language, which is rhythm, cadence, accent patterns, and pitch. Listening is so critical. I hope if you take away anything from today's episode, you realize how critical the listening domain is to develop. Why is it? Let's walk through the process of what's happening when we're doing a listening. I remember coming here to Panama, even though I had years of experience of learning the language, I came here and I would sit and turn on the news in Spanish. And guess what? 
it sounded like complete gibberish. Why? Because I was like, they're talking so fast. Can't they slow it down a little bit? Or I would go to church and they would have, you know, you could listen in Spanish to the message. So I'd put the the headphones in to try to practice Spanish. And I thought, oh, they're, they're speaking so fast. Because at that point, what I was trying to do was pick out words, pick out understanding, and then translate it from Spanish into English so I could understand. And I remember... One day, after a couple of years of living here, I sat down to watch TV, turn the news on, and I realized I was not translating, that I was listening, I was understanding the words they were saying, and I was understanding the meaning without having to translate. That was a breakthrough moment for me because it made me see the improvement that I made and that all of a sudden this was becoming a lot easier to understand in a second language. The same thing is happening to your students. If you have older students who have a good foundation in their native language, the words you're using, they are trying to connect to a word that they already know in their native language. For younger students, this I think is a big part of why our younger students learn it so easily. They're like sponges because if they don't have a big base in their native language, they're not doing that. They're just learning the word. And that's why a visual cue is so important because they're learning that fresh. They're building their their lexicon just from the start in English, where our older students, they're taking that word and they're connecting it to their native languages, which can be very tiring. And that's why it might take a long time for them to process what they're hearing. And so if we walk through what's happening when we're listening, if you listen to the news in another language, you'd probably have the same experience as me. That all of a sudden you're like, wow, slow down. You're talking so fast. I can't even hear when one sentence starts and when one sentence ends. I have no idea what, I can pick out one word. Have you ever had that experience? Now think about your own students. We don't always think that we're speaking that fast, but for someone who's learning English, how would you rate your your speech, your speed, your tone, your enunciation? I know that that was an area that I definitely needed to improve on and I'm here to say that I think slowing down your rate of speech is probably one of the easiest, most impactful ways you can help your students. Because when you slow down your rate of speech, they are now able to hear clearly when one sentence ends and one sentence begins. They're able to start to pick up that tone, that pitch, the cadence, They're able to start hear words with pronunciation said correctly. They're able to hear a word and be able to quickly check in. Do I know that word or do I not know that word? So slowing down your rate of speech is one of the fastest ways and easiest ways you can help your students really develop their listening because we might not think we're speaking that fast. But if you're a native English speaker, most likely the rate of speech you're going at is too fast. That's an action step you can take this week is just to observe yourself. How fast are you talking when you're teaching? I think we have this mentality that we have to go fast because we have so much to cover. But really, it's a huge disservice to our students because as soon as you start to slow down, you start to repeat yourself, you start to rephrase yourself. 
what's going to happen? Your ELL students are going to start to pick up your, your speech. They're going to pick up the tone in your voice. They're going to start to pick up, you know, when do you raise your voice? When do you, when do you speed up? When do you talk louder? When do you go slower? And they're taking all of that in. And as they begin to speak, they're going to copy, they're going to mimic how they hear the words spoken to them. It's natural. And so slow down so that they begin to pick up common phrases that you're using, that they're able to hear words clearly. It doesn't make sense for them to sit six, seven hours in an English speaking classroom if the majority of it is going over their head and they're not getting it. But think about what would happen six hours a day in an English speaking classroom where the teacher has slowed down drastically the rate at which they talk. And now those six, seven hours, they're really gaining a ton of understanding to what they're hearing. Because when they start to really hear what you're saying, clearly they're start, they're able to pick out the words that you're saying, guess what? Now when they go to read and they've already been hearing you use these words over and over, their brain's ready to start to learn to read because you're giving them that, that lexicon that is necessary in order to learn to read. But if they don't have that word bank built up through their listening, when they go to read, they're starting from scratch. So now they're frustrated because they don't have that in their working memory. They don't have that in their long-term memory. We need to really focus on listening. So let's dive into listening comprehension and three ways to strengthen it. The first thing is giving them exposure. Exposure is one of the most crucial ways that they're going to learn the language. So don't change up every day the topic you're talking about, the vocabulary you're using, the way you're using the vocabulary. Keep things consistent. The more and more they hear the phrase, the more and more they're going to apply it and know how to use it in context. Be mindful of the words you're using. If you're working with newcomers, slow it down and use simple phrases consistently. You're going to see how quickly they then pick up those simple phrases and you can add on to that. So the first way to strengthen listening comprehension is through exposure. The second way is, and like I've been mentioning before, is to slow down your rate of speech because you want them to understand what you're saying more than all that you're trying to get them to learn. I, I want to challenge you on that. One, go and record yourself as you teach this week and see how fast you're speaking. Because I, again, like I said, I think we don't think we're speaking that fast, but I know I'm so guilty. Whenever I recorded myself, oh man, I was so embarrassed of how fast I was going. And really, even my monolingual students probably had a hard time understanding everything I was saying. So slowing it down so that they are understanding better. If you slow down now and you build up that listening comprehension down the road, you're going to be able to go faster. But if you just go full speed now and don't take the time to scaffold in this way, your students really are not getting as much out of your class as they could. And then the last way to strengthen listening comprehension is to provide listening opportunities first before application. If you're working with level one, two, threes, even fours, I recommend to provide a listening opportunity before they do an activity. So if you want them to read something 
I always encourage you to have them listen to it first. So doing a QR code on a passage or doing a read aloud book online, there's so many great websites that have free read aloud books, but it's so important that they first listen to it read fluently to them before they apply and they have to do the reading or do whatever you're asking them to do. Why is that? Because let's say you're working on reading and you have a short passage that you want your students to read. Now you can have them do a cold read, but if they don't have any clue what they're reading about, if they have no meaning behind this, then really you're not, you're not giving them the skills to be set up for success. If you give them though, an opportunity to listen to the passage read to them, they are then able to start to build that picture in their mind of what's happening. They're able to check in on their understanding of the passage. Now they can go and they can read that passage and they already have a connection to what they've heard. And this is a great check-in for you. If you do a listening passage first and ask them some questions orally, and you see that they don't, they can't answer those. Well, then that's a check-in to say, Hey, this, this listening passage was too hard for them, or they need some extra support. You know, they need some support at the comprehension. That is a great place to begin. Because as soon as you focus on that, as soon as you strengthen that listening comprehension, all the other domains are going to come much easier. So don't skip this step. I think we, as soon as they become level twos and threes, we think, okay, they're listening. Like they're taking it in. They got it. And we're going to talk a little bit about what to expect at each language level and what you can do to support them at that language level. Because it is tricky. It is tricky to know what their listening comprehension is like, how to assess that, what to do with them to make sure they're really growing in their listening skills. So let's talk about that. I have put together some expectations for all four domains, and we're going to be talking through these over the next couple of weeks, but I want to give them to you for free. What you can do is head over to Instagram and DM me. You can find me at equipping ELLs. Send me a DM, a direct message, and just write the word expectations. Okay. When you do that, we will send you these expectation charts that you can have where we break down each of the five levels, what to look for at that level, and then how you can support them at that level. How can you scaffold for that level? Okay. So today we're going to be talking about the listening level. So for our level ones, our entering students, our newcomers, what you want to look for is after listening, you're going to expect that they're going to be lost or overwhelmed. Okay. That's normal. That's common, especially if you're having your newcomers in the homeroom classroom and you're speaking to your whole group. I mean, when I was teaching second grade, I had my first newcomer and I didn't slow down too much for her and I should have. So you're going to probably see that they're a little lost or a little overwhelmed and that's okay. You can just slow down repeat yourself slowly and use visual supports. You might just be saying a couple vocabulary words to them and that's where they're at. That's okay. And if they can understand those few vocabulary words and start to listen for those vocabulary words, that's a great place to start. As they develop their skills after listening, they might be able to answer a simple question. 
This might be a head nod, yes or no. They might be able to respond yes or no, but you want to able to push them on the listening spectrum to where you can give them a short passage, they listen to it, and then they can do an activity with this. If you are in Equipping Allows the Membership, or if you have any of my resources from my TPT store, you if you have the Listen and Learn activities, this is a fantastic way to help support your newcomers develop their listening skills because they listen and they respond without speaking. Okay, we're not going to get to the speaking stage yet. That's next week. But they do something like circle the pencil or draw a school bus. Or there's a short, short passage of three sentences, and then they have to sequence the pictures of what they heard. Doing these activities with your newcomers is such a fantastic way to check in on their understanding. Are they hearing those small details that help differentiate the pictures that they should look for and those that aren't in the story? Are they listening closely enough that they can sequence what happens first, next, and last? They can do all of this without speaking and you can check in and see if they are understanding. If not, then maybe they need to repeat the activity. Maybe you need to slow it down even further. Maybe you need to give them that activity in their native language first to see how strong they are in their native language. There's a ton of tools out there now that you can translate small passages into their native language. That's a great check-in. If you're doing simple activities and you're seeing that your students are not, your newcomers are not understanding, and it's appropriate for them at their, their language level, I would recommend to go and put it in their native language and see if they can do the activity then. Because that's going to show you clearly if they are not able to do it in their native language, then there could be some red flags of some developmental issues that you want to just observe, maybe do some testing. If they're able to do it in their native language easily, then go back to the English and you need to do a little more scaffolding and support. Maybe you need to spend more time in the vocabulary. Maybe you need to highlight what this phrase means and have them look at it in their native language. So those are some ways to check in on listening with your level one students. Some tips for you as the teacher is to use gestures. Be big with your body. Be big with your hand motions. Slow down your rate of speech and use songs and videos frequently. Songs have an incredible way to connect to the brain and help students really move from working memory to long-term memory. For our level two students, our emerging students, you should be able to see that after listening, they can follow simple directions and commands. Okay, by this time, that should be part of their daily routine. They should be expected to follow those commands, those routines, those directions. And if they don't, then do a quick check-in. Are they understanding what you're saying? Do they need a visual support to know, okay, after we finish this, you need to do this. Show them visually what that looks like. They also, after listening, should be able to complete a simple activity independently. So again, this is where we want to check in. Are the activities we're asking them to do appropriate? If I'm giving them a grade level passage, what am I doing to scaffold this so that they understand it? Am I highlighting the vocabulary? Am I giving it to them in their native language first? Am I letting them listen to it first, read aloud fluently? 
What are you doing to help make this comprehensible for them? Some tips for you is to check in with an open-ended question. You don't want to say, do you understand? Because most of the time they're going to say yes. So check in with an open question, open-ended question, ask them a specific question about what they read to see if they can respond. Even if that's responding through drawing, that can be a way for you to check in. You also want to provide tasks they can complete without speaking to check in on understanding. So some of those tasks that I mentioned in our level ones, those are great to do with levels two, level two students as well, because at this stage, they still might not feel comfortable and confident to speak. And so that's not always a good gauge of their understanding, but if you can give them activities where they can complete without speaking, then you can have a good grasp on how their listening comprehension is developing. For our level three students, you should expect that they will begin to understand longer and more complex sentences with scaffolds and using pre-taught vocabulary. Okay. So they're going to be able to begin to understand some more grade level appropriate passages, conversations, teaching, but they still will need some heavy scaffolds and really need that vocabulary taught ahead of time. They should be able to understand the main ideas and some details in the spoken language. So orally and they can understand conversations on familiar topics. These are check-in points for your level three students. Are they able to do these things? Some things that you can do is to rephrase what you are saying. So if you're teaching a small group lesson with a second grade group and you have some level threes in that group, teach how you would normally, but then you want to look at those students rephrase it, make sure they're making eye contact with you, make sure that you're giving them the gist of what you just taught and look for cues that they are tracking and understanding. So a lot of this is through observation that you're seeing how well they're developing in their listening comprehension. For our level fours, they usually understand longer, more elaborated directions, conversations, and discussions on familiar topics, definitely. And then sometimes on unfamiliar topics. When it is on unfamiliar topics, they still will need that support of building background, front-loading vocabulary, and really helping them to understand where you're headed with this new topic that they're learning. So especially academic topics that they are unfamiliar with, that they have not had exposure to, they will need those scaffolds and support. But familiar topics, they should really be advancing in. These students have the ability to seek clarification when they don't understand. So by level four, our expanding level, we really want to encourage them to really reflect on what they're listening to and be able to respond and ask questions if they don't understand something. For these students, like I said, you'll want to front load academic vocabulary and build backgrounds that they, they are prepped for what they will be hearing. This is crucial and critical for this level. They look like they are becoming pretty fluent, but they could get lost easily with that academic content. Another thing that you can do to help support them is to teach them and help develop in them the skill to write down questions or take notes while listening so that they can help clarify those areas that they might've missed or they don't understand. This is really important because so easily meaning and understanding can get lost by just misunderstanding one word or one phrase or one, one sentence. So we want to really help develop this skill in them of being able to question and ask for clarification. And then our level five students are bridging students. These students should be able to understand complex and abstract ideas and spoken language. This is where they're going to really take on understanding nuances, 
understanding the cultural context of using the language, the meaning that's conveyed underneath the words. So really reading between the lines at this level, that's what they're going to be working on. And how you can help with that is to really encourage them to listen to a, a variety of different topics or a variety of different means. So, you know, encouraging different podcasts for them to listen to using music, um, using different lecture styles or different videos, anything like that, where they're taking in the language through multiple different ways is really important for this level to help get them to become fluent. Like I said, we have these all set up and written out for you to use because these are super helpful to have on hand as you're teaching, as your lesson planning that you might want to share with other teachers in your school. So you can send me a direct message on Instagram at equipping ELLs, send me the word expectations, and we will get that to you right away. All right. I could keep talking about the importance of listening comprehension, but we're going to finish up there today. Next week, we're going to move on to the speaking domain and how can we help our students really grow in confidence in their speaking skills. So until next time, I'll see you then. Thank you for joining me in today's episode. All links and resources mentioned can be found in the show notes. If you're looking for even more support and done for you resources created specifically for the needs of ELLs, head to inspiringyounglearners.com. I'll catch you here next week. Until then, take that next step to keep equipping your ELLs.